Chris and Peter. Good morning, my love. Good morning, my love. So, how'd you sleep? Like shit. How did you sleep? I actually slept pretty well. I went to sleep at like 11 o'clock. I got up for the first time around 5, which is normal for me. But I forced myself to stay in bed until like 6.30. And then got up and started doing stuff. And uh, we are uh, survivors of the great power outage of 2023 in Kansas City. Just barely. How many hours was it? Uh, I'm not even sure that it was an hour. <laughs> but it's called the Great Powder Power Outage. I mean, we went backwards 300 years instantly. Yeah. I was lighting our gas stove with a lighter to warm water to pour over our carafe of coffee, like our pour over, because our little electric teapot didn't work. Uh, it was pandemonium. It was ab- absolute caveman days. Even here. the Wi-Fi went out. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. It's crazy how many things don't work uh, when they don't have electricity. Uh, got a call from our home alarm monitoring service that was basically asking, you know, are you under a terrorist attack right now? And uh, I told them yes, and that I was the terrorist. And they said, okay, uh, sounds good, and then hung up. No, that's not really how it went, but um, it was a good time. Um, you know, it's really nice to get back to nature like that every now and then. You think? Yeah, yeah. Doesn't it make you feel kind of feral, wild, and free? No, it reminds me of, what's that zombie show? The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, like when yeah. infrastructure breaks down. Yep. Like it scares me because I'm like, how would I survive? You would be a sex slave. Okay, I accept that. Yeah, you would, some warlord, you would, your best hope would be to find some warlord, you know, saddle up, saddle on to the warlord. Would you be my warlord? Oh, man, I might be a sex slave, too. Shit. <laughs> it's either warlord or sex slave. There's really no in-between for me. Yeah? Ugh. Prospects are not What would happen good. to our kitties? Sex slaves. Okay. We're course. basically just a house of sex slaves. Oh, my God. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Um, do you have anything? So that's a, that's a really good intro. Do you have anything that you want to talk about today? I asked you that first. Um, yes. Okay. So from our first episode... We briefly touched on my experiments with sobriety, so I want to talk about that today. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay, so a bit of background information. Uh, My family uh, has an interesting history with various uh, forms of addiction, and like from alcoholism, you know, I've got a a couple of members of the family who are like, you know, recovering alcoholics. A couple? A few, most... (laughs) <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say any names, right? Because what if, you know, some of them listen to this. So I'm leaving, I'm leaving it ambiguous. It could be any of you. It could, it's all of you. Who knows? We're all impl- uh, implicated now at this point. And so, um, yeah, so like it's something that's always kind of been on my mind. I was the last in my group of friends to um, drink alcohol. But, uh, Which I find incredible. How old were you when you had your first drink? Uh, it was uh, spring break of my freshman year of college was my very first drink yeah like that's wild like, to yeah. me i think i was 15 when i had my first drink of alcohol a smirnoff mm-hmm. ice nice in a garage hell yeah that rules um and what what year would that have been like what 2003 2004 i have no idea oh wait, you're you're i was 15 I'm, oh I was okay so it was 2015 yeah so it was 2015 yeah nice yeah um, or two no 2005 um when you had your first drink yeah 2005, yeah, 2005. and so um yeah uh, so like, that's a little bit of my personal backstory and then more recent personal backstory. I uh, have a buddy who, uh, 
was having some rough times with the sauce uh, to the point where like a couple times he uh, like had to go to the hospital over it uh, and kind of dry out. And so uh, through this friend, I uh, heard about Sober October and did Sober October and realized just how much I had been drinking. Like I'd kind of gotten up to a pretty heavy habit. It was like a, like 10 beer a day plus a couple shots at least regular deal. And my friend was like at a fifth a day habit at that point of like, te like tequila or vodka or like whatever their drink of choice was at the moment. Um, and I was just drinking a shit ton of light beer. So when I got off the sauce, I lost a lot of bloatedness. And didn't you do Sober October kind of in solidarity? Yeah, yeah. So like To be so, supportive. So my, my buddy was doing it. And so I did it to be supportive just to kind of like, well, I also knew that I needed to do it, right? Okay, so you did it for yourself as well. Yeah, yeah. That was totally part of it. Because like I, I knew that there would be some positive effects. And so, you know, during that month, I basically lost 20 pounds. Uh lost a lot of like bloatedness in my face. My face thinned out a whole bunch. And your stomach. And my stomach too became a lot less bloated. And there's this like, there's this phrase about the men in my family that were all gut, no butt, right? So that's always a thing that I'm kind of like on the lookout for. And to lose so much girth in my waist. Like I, I have, uh, like I wasn't able to wear like 34, 34 jeans. Like we had to go he and broke buy. his jeans. I broke my fucking prison jeans. We call them and, prison jeans, not because he went to prison, but because we ordered them from, um, they're prison made, like, yeah. made by people in prison. Denim jeans. Called uh, Prison Blues. Look them up. Uh, they were good they quality. Seem, they, seem, they seem like a pretty decent outfit as well. Like, the people who make them get paid better than normal prison wages, which is an appalling thing to have to say. Because we basically legalized slavery through the prisons. Anyway, Russell Stover, boycott Russell Stover. Fuck those people. Your chocolates made with prison labor. Prison chocolates. Don't fucking eat them. Abolish the prison industrial complex, mm. please. So, back to the whole alcoholism thing. So, I had a buddy doing Sober October. Did it in solidarity with him. Dropped 20 pounds. Lost a couple inches on my waist. Could wear pants that I couldn't wear again. And then... I started working out kind of like on and off during this time too, but then really started taking it seriously in November when I picked convict conditioning back up, which is a workout by Paul Wade, I believe, um, who like, or rather I did this workout when I lived in South Korea and got in pretty decent shape. And so since November, I've been doing it consistently and I'm up to level, like it's a one to 10 progression thing. There's only six exercises. I'm at six on two of them, three on three of them, and two on one of them. One of them is really hard. Uh, and so I've got some goals around that long term, uh, just like body weight exercise. And um, I think it's been really good. Like I put on like another 10, like after I lost the 20, I put on another 10. Uh, and uh, well, I don't know if it's all of muscle, but like, cause you can't really say of muscle because like there's other stuff going on there, but like I do look bigger, but in a healthy way. Right. You know, like, <clears throat> like a, uh, like aesthetic or like functional kind of way. Like I've definitely thickened up. My wrists are much thicker, um, than they used to be mainly because, oh, Hey, personal best. I hit, uh, 50 seconds of a wall assisted handstand while we were in Bora Bora and, uh, verified by Liz, uh, she was t keeping the time. And so, yeah, things were going really well there with like physical stuff. Um, 
And so then I also set some goals around chess and have been hitting those, but like I'm kind of stalled out around 800 right now. I want to get to like a thousand blitz. Tell them about Um, how you, when you were drinking a lot, how you would play chess and tank your ELO. Oh, I would get really drunk and then like tank my ELO by 50 points and then spend the next day or two getting it back. And like basically like stalling out really And then get drunk again and And tank it again. Yeah, I just like, uh, I mean, it's fun, but I wasn't learning anything. So I like made a concerted effort to learn more. So like I know my openings better. I practice tactics i i've gotten to 1800 on puzzles so that's fun like that's and for anyone thing. who doesn't know elo is like the scoring system for like how well you're playing in chess yeah it's a mathematical equation that you can apply between two people uh and basically just like gauge like based on wins and losses over time against all the people in a pool um you know what the the level of those players are uh yeah so anyway it's a scoring and ranking system pairing system um so yeah made a concerted effort with chess have been seeing good results i've been trying to make more art and like uh be more intentional about the way that i spend my time in a productive manner that's not work so i've been writing more poetry and uh like little aphorisms and just like thoughts like processing things that i've been thinking about thoughts on various subjects have you been like journaling um yeah i guess you can call it journaling at points you know like i kind of keep that kind of introspection in my head rather than on the page. Gotcha. But I do have uh, writings that are affected by those things that I kind of use the artistic side of writing to process. Cool. So that's been fun. Um, and then I've also been encouraging uh, like my friends to who are artists to make more art. And I'm like trying to get people to collaborate with me more. Um, so like taking writings that I make and like doing riffs on visuals for them to like pair them together as a package. And like, I want to do a little chat book um, at some point. Like I have an idea for a cat chat book of poetry because I write about my cats a lot. And um, yeah, also making a concerted effort with mental health. So like doing good things for my mind as well as my body. Um, I've been trying to work in an hour of non-digital time a day uh, where I just sit with nothing but like a, like manual things in front of me, like pad of paper and a pencil pen. Um, and just, you know, don't have any intention, just sit there. And if something comes to mind, put it down, like just put it on the page. And sometimes that is processing things as a therapist. Um, but so I guess you call it journaling, like, you know, um, and then I've been making a concerted effort to spend time in the evening on personal business things. So recently I bought a bunch of um, like the video and audio equipment. So we're, we're recording on a Zoom H4n right now. And I have a Sony um, Alpha 7R3. And uh, I've been shooting photos. Like we shot a lot of photos in Bora Bora. Tried out the 4K video and all that. Um, just like it's been fun exploring the equipment and then exploring processes around processing what I create with the equipment. And so getting standard operating procedures down, like getting back into the podcast was easy because I already had an SOP and I already had the raw materials created from the first go around. And so getting back into it's been pretty decent and for like from an ease standpoint. And then I've also been like trying my hand in like amateur real estate so I've basically just been learning at this point. So anything that you can Google, I've probably like at least touched on, if not read completely. And then, um, yeah, in the process of moving some money around so that I can try to either 
take advantage of auctions that come up throughout the year. Like I've got some alerts set up to like look at some things. Um, and then developing financial models and um, yeah, just some other stuff related to that. Um, but yeah, a lot of different projects going on and I'm really excited about all of them. And I think sobriety has been a core thing. And so my goal is to not be completely sober uh, during 2023. I've got five days um, my birthday, your birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And so those five days I'm reserving where I'm going to consume alcohol. But the other 360, my goal is to not consume alcohol on, the, on those days. But one fun thing that I thought about is I can look at my alcohol budget from last year, cut it in like half. And then if I see stuff, like last night we went out for Cosmo Burger because we just wanted to have a Cosmo Burger, right? And... Uh, the brewery there had the option for walk away beer that was a special collaboration uh, that you could only get at the window at the burger stand. And I was like, should I buy those and put them in the back of the refrigerator and just like save them for my birthday? That is a thing that I'm going to set aside half of my alcohol budget for from last year. And then throughout the year, if a brewery that I like does a special release, I'm actually going to go, but I'm not going to drink it that day. I'm going to save it. And then, you know, on a special occasion, bust that thing out and only drink whales. You know, if we go out to a restaurant and there's like a $50 cocktail on the menu, I won't feel bad buying it because guess what? I didn't spend money on booze the whole rest of the fucking year. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I think that's a really fun way to live because then it becomes a thing of like, oh man, I like people in my life then know like, oh man, I'm special enough that I shared one of the five days with Peter where he actually consumes alcohol. And like, I, I saw him drunk. I'm one of the few people who ever sees him in this way. And then that in itself becomes special, like possibly to them if people think about it, but definitely to me. Yeah, it felt special to me on New Year's Eve um, into the early morning of New Year's Day, like mm -hmm. 4 a.m. But watch, like being able to drink with you and like watching you like dance and just be silly. Right felt, things felt really special because it had been so long. So yeah, I, I definitely see that. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I thought I've done a lot of thinking about this and I think like for the goals that I have with like my person, my business, us, my friends, my family with those different goals in mind. Uh, I think that doing the 360 out of 365 is the way to go for me right now. And if I hit my goals for a few years straight, like maybe the next five years, maybe I just like completely relaxed to be like, I now drink every weekend because I'm like as secure as I feel like I can be to do that, you know, to yeah. like take the foot off it's the like gas. It's like building that trust with yourself yeah. that you can do that uh -huh. and drink res responsibly mm -hmm. in whatever way you define responsible for yourself. Right, right. That's the, that's the main thing is like looking at myself and being intentional in that way. Living with intentionality is... A big theme for me in 2023 and I think that this whole experiment with sobriety is a big part of it because of all of the things that it affects and yeah I really like that like I, I have a buddy from um, I mean I guess he's more of an acquaintance now at this point but when I was living in South Korea there was this Irish guy uh, that I really liked he was a journalist uh, in a former life very good with words very savvy with women just somebody to aspire to right like an older dude like older brother figure and uh, he took a whole year off and wrote a blog about it. And now he's like very successfully does translation for the uh, 
the Korean version of the BBC, I believe. And um, just, yeah, very savvy dude. Got a couple kids, like, living the life in Seoul. And I don't know, I kind of think about that. Like, he took time off from the sauce and, like, reevaluated what he wanted to do with his life, was very intentional about it. Um, and when people do that and they're successful in their way, those stories, I find them just be really motivational. And so I'm kind of trying to live, like another theme is like live, uh, in a, uh, what, what is it? Uh, uh, prove to myself that I am who I think I am. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I, I talked earlier a couple episodes ago about like how I apologized to somebody that I had wronged like a number of years ago and that I'd never apologized to. Like, that was a big thing for me of, like, okay, I need to, like, live with this intentionality. I want to have a relationship, a good relationship with this person going forward. For me, even if they don't even think of it, for me, I need to do right by them so that I know that in my own way, I'm living up to my own values of not being a scumbag. And, I mean, I'm still, I can't, you know, take account for how scumbag I was in the past because I was a pretty big scumbag at points. But... Um, you know, but you can I, choose who you're going to be moving forward. Right, right. And I can choose how I structure the relationships with the people that I want to have in my life going forward. Yeah. And I, I feel like I did a, a hard but good job of that in a few ways recently. Can I ask you about part of this sobriety journey, like partial sobriety mm-hmm. journey that you did not address? Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought is like just mentally, what was it like for you to go from, you know, drinking daily at that quantity Mm -hmm. to not drinking at all like 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 mentally emotionally like what was that like for you in October to just stop like that so mentally emotionally uh it was really easy to externalize because I was doing it in partially in my mind for someone else right and like my buddy I was like you know if they're gonna go through you know, doing this after, you know, I see him like laying in a hospital bed, like hearing voices and shaking and shit like that. And like, if they're going to do it and they can do it and they can stay on the wagon, like I, and I said, I would, I have to do it now. Right. There's, there's not just like, so you had a purpose larger than just yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, like what, what is that? The Eckhart Tolle, like, man search for meaning type stuff. Like, he, he quotes the Nietzsche, the, a man can withstand any what if he knows his how. I probably butchered that. And wasn't and, man search for meaning Victor Frankl? Sorry, Vic, yeah, no, no, I was thinking, um, God, Eckhart Tolle, uh, Victor Frankl, you're right. Man search for meaning. Um, uh, Eckhart Tolle's, like, ego death and all that, right? Anyway, um... But yeah, he like anyway, he the uh, yeah, Victor Frankl quotes the Nietzsche because he's talking about like the concentration camp and how people like who survived and who didn't survive and why. And the people who had a meaning, whatever it was, whatever it was, found a way out. Like they had ways, like reasons to be crafty, to be resourceful, to be creative that saved their lives, right? And um, and then and they found meaning in those things. And to externalize it, especially for someone who I love, right? Yeah. So, like, I love this friend and I want to see the best for them. I, too, now have to do the thing. So that was how you did it in October mentally. Yeah. Is but then, it, but then I, there was also another aspect of it that was, like, public accountability because I told you about it. Like, I told other friends about it without naming the friend in most cases unless with, like, their, like, mutual acquaintances they already knew, right? Like, I can't lie to this person's brother about why I'm doing Sober October for all the reasons. But... But yeah, so like that was like a, a big part of it too, was the public accountability. And then um, 
I don't know, I guess the clarity of mind also uh, helped me and like going to therapy and like using some stuff uh, that our therapist taught me a long time ago, just to, like do some reflecting and introspection on like, how am I acting? What do I want? How should I be acting? If I want to get those things that I want, like where am I sabotaging myself? Like where am I not living, uh, you know, in congruence, like that kind of stuff. So that explains October to me, but mm -hmm. I guess the transition into November, my, my guess is that throughout October, you felt so good and saw such changes that you were motivated to still continue and it wasn't as difficult in November. Also, um, you asked about like mental and emotional, so I threw those out there, but one of the physical things that I haven't named yet is like, like my morning routine changed because I was not like drinking all night and then having like violent alcohol shits the next morning. Hey, I'm being real. I'm being real. Probably should a trigger warning to that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll include a trigger Jesus warning in the Christ. editing. But like to not just be vicious to that porcelain. See, I'm trying to I'm trying to find words that aren't. So disgusting. basically, physically, you felt better in the. Oh morning. my god, yeah, and and that just changed everything. To like to have that time where I'm like able to focus on other stuff, because like to be honest, sometimes it was heart wrenching. You what know? was? The just being on the toilet dealing with like a night of like. Dang, I drank 15 beers and I drank a bunch of spicy pickle vodka and like maybe I got stupid and I ate a bunch of tacos too and I had all the spicy but did you stuff like, cuz like I'm drunk and I'm like I love spice but I don't care about tomorrow. Do you did you mentally feel clearer in the morning cuz like yeah, part absolutely. of it like I feel like after a night of drinking there's like a measure of brain fog. Oh yeah, that's that's totally a thing as well. Um, yeah, just like not having brain fog the next day, like being able to to perform at a higher level faster in the morning is totally a thing. Um, it was really easy to like get up and like pick up work right at 8 a.m. when I was working from home. Just like I'm immediately online at 8 a.m. That's just something I like. To keep a morning routine becomes easier when you're more in control of yourself, right? Yeah. If my bodily functions are not going haywire, then I don't have to worry about them and tend to them so I can tend to the rest of my garden. Yeah. And so, yeah, so like physical, mental, emotional stuff, all really good. Um, so that was October and then into November. And then had my first day of drinking, which was Thanksgiving. And it was with family friends, like a uh, guy, uh, uh, old, old friend from high school and college in Korea. Um, and after a uh, lifelong friend um, who uh, we go to their family stuff a lot. And so their family had us over for Thanksgiving. So like my mom, you, me, and then their family, or wait. Your mom wasn't there. No, my mom wasn't there. She decided, oh yeah, she got, she was going to come, but then she got sick, right? Quote unquote, she got sick. Right. Um, and so like that was, I mean, that was only like six beers, but they were all really nice beers. Yeah. Um, and so like high, a couple of them pretty high octane. But I remember the next day you felt it. Oh, I did. And I like the, you know, a funny, weird, like body horror thing is I could feel my body get bloated yeah the same way that I remembered it being just normally when I was drinking regularly but it'd been 61 or like no not 61 but like like 55 days at that point and I was experiencing that same like a, not, not the same but like a similar level of bloatedness after one night of having a, a half dozen beers god what was I doing to my body during that time when I was doing three four five times that much in a night for over a year. For over a year. Just it was like, like a couple oh, years, babe. Thank God the liver regrows. Because oh, what the fuck was I doing? And 
So yeah, that was weird, and it cleared up in like a, like two or three days. I, I like was not bloated anymore, and that was fun. That was a good thing. Um, and then so we go into December, and I was feeling a lot of anxiety about going down to see your family, and I was like, oh, it's probably really good that I'm not drinking, and good that I'm not gonna be in like a weird mental state. And also, this will save a whole lot of money because. You know, that week or so of holidays between Christmas and New Year's and like even a little bit after sometimes if you take the weekend or whatnot, um, if it lines up properly, that can be a really, really expensive week of drinking, you know, right? And especially if you have a heavy habit, like if you could put down a couple 30 cases or if you're drinking nice beer during that time because it's the holidays and you're justifying it like, oh, I got a bonus or something like that. Um, yeah, that's like not a great time financially. So saving all that money too. And another thing, going back to Bora Bora, our bill at Bora Bora, right? My end of it was like, what? One eighth of what yours was? One seventh? How much did you spend on New Year's Eve on alcohol? 200 bucks maybe. How much did I spend the entire trip on alcohol? I don't even want to say it out loud. Say it. Like, including the last day, probably like 11 or $1,200. <laughs> And so, and I'm, I'll, I'll even, if, if you count in all of the tips that I left that we had to sign for that I'm going to like pay my end of and the, the weird taxes that we got, uh, charged. Yeah. I probably, or I'll, I'll probably come out of this thing, like maybe 250, $300, probably $300 around there somewhere if we do all that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, uh, money, just the financial implications of the experiment with sobriety are great. Hence why I said I could look at my budget from last year, alcohol-wise, cut it in half, and then only buy whales. So 2023, we only quaff in whales. Uh, shout out to our friend, J.H. You didn't J. say what a whale is. A whale is a rare beer, or like a really expensive bottle of something, like a, like a spirit or something like that. Um, I have some friends who collect whales. I'm not a whale collector myself. I don't have the means yet, yet. But uh, they've got some prodigious sellers. You know, we've got some friends who are serious hobbyists in this way. Some former liquor industry people who had access to the market earlier than others and uh, also had, like we have a, a buddy who his dad was a liquor distributor for like, what, 30 some years, something like that. Um, and so, yeah, no tricks of the trade and things like that. Again, not my skills. I just ride on the shoulders of giants. And yeah, so sobriety things. Um, Overall, very good. Yeah, feeling good about this. Gonna gonna keep it rolling and see how this year goes that way. Give some regular updates. But the next time, pro probably not too many updates because the next time that I'm gonna drink is your birthday. So late July. 29th. July. Yeah, so July 29th. Um, we'll probably do something fun, like maybe go Hotel in Lawrence, make that tradition or like figure out something else for this time around, but that'll be the next night. So between, so I got six-ish months, six and a half months to collect some whales. Maybe I'll find a rare bottle of rosé. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh.